testosterone with Christian Van Camp. Along with the five most interesting questions you all have on testosterone, we will also be discussing types of testosterone. That is the testosterone that allows you to have that, that vigor, that drive in the gym, that power, uh, the extreme focus in the moment, the relentless energy, I like to say. Common misnomers of testosterone. A lot of people think in our culture, not gonna feel overly aggressive. And of course, the testes. You guys ever put ice packs on your nuts before? Let's do this. Welcome to the Subject Matter Expert Show. You guys ever put ice packs on your nuts before? I'm doing it right now. I mean, I've heard funny things about it. I mean, keeping the testicles cold is one of those things that's it's better than Wait, having them warm. we're recording right now, right? <laughs> so this is our, we're already going. So Christian, you said you have ice on your nuts right now i have an ice pack on my nut sack right now it's i'm outside of my garage so i work out of my garage and it's like 90 degrees out here so i got just ice packs all over my electronics as well because they can overheat so what does that do for you so hold on let me tell you a story so <laughs> so when i was in college so 19 20 years old my hockey coach told me that if you put ice on your nuts that when you ejaculate, I'm trying to stay as, as PG-13 rated as possible. When you ejaculate, the ejaculation goes further. Like he said, like it, you can shoot up to the ceiling. So, oh, man, <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That sounds fun. Maybe I'll have to test this hypothesis out. No, I, I'm doing it because it's like, you know, the research is there when it comes to like making sure your testicles aren't hot all the time in an environment, right? That's why polyester underwear sucks because it just retains all that heat mm -hmm. uh, downstairs. I remember playing soccer for hours on end, being in like brutal heat in summertime in like high school and younger age ages. And I was just like wearing these tight compression shorts right up by my testicles. And I surely regret that now, but I'm never going back to the synthetic materials. That's for sure. So you've got, you're keeping your testicles cold, but isn't there a lower end of temperature that is important to stay above when it comes to your testicles? Yeah. You want to find a sweet spot. I can't, have, I don't want to like freeze them off. <laughs> you know? Like you got to find that little, the temperance, right? The little temperance of it. So why don't you, why don't we start there? Everybody, this is Christian Van Camp. You can find him on Instagram at CVC Wellness. He's got a large following on Instagram. He's got really amazing videos that are that are super easy to digest. I really like them. He normally has his shirt off in those videos with his, <laughs> his pecs popping out. And he, he speaks on so many just fun and interesting and relevant topics, especially for men. And so if you're if you you know if you're out there and you've got a boyfriend, a brother, a dad, send them over to CVC Wellness on Instagram. Just before we get going, do you have any other places that people should either follow or, you know, be able to get a hold mm -hmm. of you? Banding YouTube right now. Uh, you know, TikTok and I'm I'm looking to continually grow my Twitter as well. I just love, you know, little things that come up throughout the day. I'm just like I'll put it down on the little tweet or whatever. That's been cool to kind of grow slowly, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. What are your channels on, on those? What are the, the names? It's name? all at CVC Wellness on all platforms. So, Okay, amazing. So just for the, the layman out there that may not realize that testicles have a technology that controls temperature, could you share a little bit with us on, on how that works and, and why that's relevant? Yeah, I mean, if we look at it like the scrotums, that outer skin that's on the outside of the, the testicles, it's one of the thinnest like membranes around our body, which is wild, and it can regulate the temperature quite readily and fast. 
And so, you know, when it gets like, like you can start sweating all of a sudden, like when you're in the sauna, you'll notice it gets real saggy. And that's because it's allowing more heat to re- be released from the pores. And then when you go in an ice bath or something like that, it just like shoots right up and sucks right up into your, your spine. And that's uh, that shriveling nature. I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, Seinfeld and he's just like it was shrinking or, or something <laughs> like that. It was like shriveled. Yeah, shrinkage. That is so funny. But that's the whole idea, too, is it, it you know, all the skin cells start contracting to where it holds in heat. So it's a unique thing that goes around. And also, I don't know if you guys have ever tried this, but when you sun your balls, I know you've seen this raw, it's like a crazy orchestra fractal skin moving around with your scrotum when you look at it with the sun. It's the most insane thing ever. It's constantly moving these skin cells around. It's, it's wild. Once you try it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I think it goes back to us being like these crazy multidimensional beings with just you know so much different like expansion and contraction in nature in the scrotum and the testicles are a great example of that <laughs> i kind of i i know what you're talking about that collide yeah. that kaleidoscope type like where you can see there's like the skin's like moving like this dude it's like wild yeah do you use the sun do you use ice do you use like is that something that you pay attention to on a on a day-to-day basis on like what is the temperature of your balls and when did you start doing that I'd say a couple of years ago, I started geeking out on it. I mean, I saw some videos of you that you basically founded the whole idea of like per- perineum sunning and stuff like that. So that just became this huge thing. Now everyone's talking about it, which is hilarious. Um, so how does it feel to be at the forefront of that raw? Like, that's, that's <laughs> it's a skeptical right now. And, uh, or spectacle is what I meant to say. And I never really intended it to, to go that way. For me, I was outside naked sunning for years and years and years and for me that's how i know to get power and so it is like a chore for me so that's why i'm asking so so then i made i took two two takes like we had an idea at a men's event to to shoot this butthole sunning thing and it's more perineum and and testicles is and even butt cheeks is where i feel is important for the sun to go on but we we shot it butthole you know just because it's it's more shock value it's funny and it just went nuts but i but uh i seriously go outside into the sun as a chore similar to eating you know like where i know i have to eat a certain times a day and i get hungry i get hungry for going outside in the sun with as little amount of clothing as possible so i was asking you like is actually the temperature of your testicles something that you pay attention to on that level? Not, no, no, not really. I mean, I, I, I definitely prefer having them cold. Like I have a cold plunge back there and I use that at just about every day for, you know, six, seven minutes for 45 degree temperatures. And that's just, that's, that's a good feeling. I like when the balls feel plump, not saggy. You know, I think that's a good thing to, to focus on for sure. And you guys can probably relate. Plump. Yeah. <laughs> filled up. We used to call them protein sacks in college. They um, really are. <laughs> so I love your, your content. You're so happy. You're so enthused. You're so passionate. You can really tell that you're, you're into it. And one of your main themes, it seems, from the outside looking at what you're doing is testosterone. And so just like we were explaining the, uh, the technology of the balls, could you give a brief breakdown of what testosterone is and how it, how it works in the body from the perspective of Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's two different types of testosterone you can keep in mind. There's bound and there's unbound, which is known as free testosterone. 
Uh, we'll start with bound. Bound is basically the testosterone is bound to sex hormone binding globulin or albumin, uh, which is produced by the liver. And so when it's bound, it's not readily available or bioavailable, quote unquote, techno- uh, technology. I'm <laughs> putting that out there. Testosterone to be used like in that very moment. So free testosterone is something to primarily focus on because that is the testosterone that allows you to have that that vigor, that drive in the gym, that power, uh, the extreme focus in the moment, the relentless energy, I like to say. So, you know, some guys could have really high bound testosterone where it's like a thousand, which is great. But if their free testosterone is below 10, they aren't really having that, that extra edge in life. And so it's important to have the balancing act of free testosterone being elevated alongside the bound testosterone. Um, and so it's a unique thing that, you know, it's a crazy orchestra of stuff. And Making sure sex hormone binding globulin is a little bit lower, that's something that's important too because if that's highly elevated, it's going to continually bind to the testosterone, increasing your bound testosterone, but then you'll have decreased free to be able to actually use in that moment. And so making sure you can decrease that particular uh, protein is important as well. Um, But there's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not like 100% well-versed in hormones, but I am pretty well-versed in how testosterone operates. That's why you're on this show, because (laughs) from your perspective, we'd like your perspective. You mentioned the aspects of the free testosterone. What about bound? Is there, like, what's the purpose of the the binding of testosterone within the body? Is there anything good that comes from that, or is it just sort of, like, unused? No, it's still definitely something important you want to have high, uh, because then a lot of that can get converted into free testosterone, which is more readily available. So, like, if you have, like, this treasure chest that's locked up, you know, it's like, shit, I can't get the treasure, but I have the chest full of treasure. Great. You, know, you can change some of that and release it by having the key to unlock it, which is decreasing sex hormone binding globulin uh, and supporting the other, you know, orchestra of hormones. So you can allow yourself to actually use it in that moment. So it's definitely important to have high bound as well. Amazing. What are some of the co- common, or what are some of the problems? It doesn't have to be common. Actually, uncommon is actually great because then we, we learn something. What are some of the problems for for low testosterone. This series with all these awesome testosterone experts is brought to you by one of my favorite supplements, Super Life Formula. It's been about five years since I've been personally using this blend of herbs and plant extracts. I don't take them every single day, but it's always in the house in case I need the extra kick. And if you're looking to rocket launch your testosterone levels, try a loading phase. Do about three to five days tripling the dose, three to five days doubling the dose, and then go into the maintenance dose, which is the actual dose from then on. The company also guarantees everything they sell for 60 days on a 30-day supply, so no risk to try. And I've got a huge discount for you, 66% off your first package. Use the code HEALTH101 or find the link in the show notes. Mm. I always go back just a sense of a lack of purpose in a sense for a lot of guys, it's mostly mental health related. So just feeling like I was mentioning that drive, that, that feeling of just ambition goes down. So you just kind of want to lie around a little bit more and eat potato chips and lie on the couch. That's the kind of energy that comes about with that. Um, so I'm always going back to mental health benefits. Like it's protective, it's neuroprotective, uh, but in emotionally regulating. So a lot of people think in our culture, like that guy's loaded up in testosterone. He has no control over his aggression. It's like, no, actually if your testosterone is elevated and it's properly regulated, you're actually going to be feel more calm. You're going to feel more uh, assertive, but calm. You're not going to feel overly aggressive. The guys that have the testosterone issues and it's low 
typically are aggressive in their you know, these are the meatheads that are loading up on steroids and whatnot and on a ton of gear. They feel like they can't control themselves. They just have this sprout of anger that comes out of them. It's because their testosterone is all wonky, and it's probably dysregulated from the things they're injecting in their body, right? So I always go back to the mental health acuity benefits that come with it, with elevated testosterone levels. Uh, on top of that, the ability to pack on muscle more readily and, and faster and more effectively, that's awesome, right? We all want to look good naked, so... Um, you know, having elevated testosterone makes that easier for your metabolism, burning fat. It's better for your hormones and healing. It will actually help you heal faster. And so that's awesome. I mean, if we get an injury, higher testosterone will allow us to heal those tendons, ligaments, joints, whatever, uh, far quicker. Um, but those are a couple of the things that come to mind, you know, healing, metabolism, brain health. It's really like, that's why TRT is so common nowadays. And there's guys, I have a friend of mine, you know, he's 25 getting TRT. And I'm like, dude, there's so many other ways to elevate your testosterone naturally before you jump into something like that. Like no hormone works in isolation. They're all intertwining in a, in a, in a crazy interactions. And so if you're elevating one hormone, it doesn't mean that nothing else is affected. Everything's affected, right? Your progesterone, your estrogen, all this stuff gets all wonky too. So I don't recommend TRT to anyone that is below 40 years old that hasn't at least tried completely dialing in their diet, their sleep, their sunshine, all the things with that. Um, and I'm sure you agree with that too, because it's, it's a whole interesting industry. Mm-hmm. Are there any cues or signals that somebody can use to either know that they have lower testosterone or that they're in the danger zone and that, they, that there needs to be something that needs to change? Mm. Lack of focus brain fog uh you know that purpose void i was expressing a little bit earlier like if you just feel like you just don't have something to provide for the planet usually that's a big sign it's like okay start working on those hormones um and also if you're just you're just struggling with your physique you're just having a ton of issues you're just constantly fat packing on fat your cravings are all wonky like you know that obviously isn't just related to testosterone there's a lot of things going on there but uh everything's interconnected so i would say some of some of those things right there do you have because I know personally when I get passionate about something, there's, there's a reason for it. And so what's your reason for this level of expertise? Like what's your why in all of this personal? What's mm. your personal story? What's your connection to testosterone? You yeah, mentioned mental think, health a few times. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, dude, it just my direct relationship with my father you know, over the recent years, I've come to discover, you know, he's had lower testosterone. He shared some stuff with me. And I know he's just lost this sense of vibrancy. He's had some issues with his, uh, you know, body in different ways. And, you know, it, it, that really impacted me to seeing my dad having those issues. And I know him being in his 60s, like, you don't have to have low testosterone just because you're 60. That's the norm in our society is like, once you get over 40, expect your T levels to drop and all these hormone issues. It's like, no, that's literally just just because it's normal or just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Right. And so I started seeing things at a young age, like this is so interesting and how people are indoctrinated in a system thinking that it must be this way, or this is the way it's going to happen. You know, aging is not a graceful process. We have a bunch of pain. Our hormones get all wonky and all that stuff. I was like stepping outside the box, looking at like, that's not me at a very young age. And I'm not going to have that happen. Um, and I think it was also, you know, even outside my father and seeing, uh, you know, my uncles and some of the things with them and some of their issues with testosterone, mostly it stemmed just from my own curiosity of human potential. And I just love that idea of just like, 
it's not really based out of fear for me. It's mostly based out of like, what is possible? What can I really tap into? And even stepping out of all the sciencey stuff, like what can I tap into like metaphysically, like beyond just like this physical realm of optimizing hormones and just feeling really good in my body. Like it's much more than that. It's like, you know, how does that high testosterone connect to me loving my, my future wife more or leading my family more or achieving my dreams of sustainable land or whatever it may be. Like I connect it to something deeper beyond just like the, uh, you know, just looking good naked thing, going back to that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's great to look good naked, but you know, right. And so you mentioned TRT, what are the best ways to naturally optimize testosterone levels? I'm sure you can speak a long time on this. So please do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about sunning, like there's very little, little literature on that actually improving testosterone and it's because it's free and no one's going to actually fund guys going naked in the sun and testing their T levels before and after. So it's not going to happen. There's not enough money in the industry. They'd rather pay for pharmaceutical testings or something like that. So I just based on my own anecdotal data, which is my favorite way of testing things out, uh, is seeing how I feel before and after it. And I know you can vouch for this is like just 10 minutes of like, nude sunbathing or five minutes, whatever, I feel this charge in energy. And that charge in energy is related to maybe my mitochondria improving, which also improves my testosterone and all those things. So I would say just getting optimized circadian rhythm, that's like number one, that's gonna help a lot of guys. It's just getting morning sunlight right when you wake up, getting evening sunlight before it sets, get some of that beautiful low UV and that those powerful frequencies coming from the sun, sun gazing like that. And uh, really getting a good sleep schedule down. That's going to be like numero uno for sure is the seven to nine hours of deep sleep, not just quantity. Um, um, and, I also, and I also would say, you know, nutrition's a paramount figure in this too. Because if, you know, you're eating French fries and Mickey D's all day, it's going to make your, your D smaller and it's going to dysregulate your testosterone. So really prioritizing healthy fatty acids. Like I love avocado, extra virgin olive oil. I'm a huge fan of coconut oil, butter, grass-fed ghee. Those are great staples in my diet that's helped a lot. Um, you know, fatty cold water fish like sardines, mackerel, anchovies, uh, sockeye salmon or herring. Actually, that's smash. That's something I re re uh, recollect from a while ago. <clears throat> is smash is sardines, mackerel, anchovies, uh, sockeye salmon, and herring. So that's a good little thing to remember for the healthy fish. That's smash. Yeah, that's a good stack. Yeah, yeah. So the fatty fish, that's a great way to go. Uh, the omega-3s are critical, especially considering we are getting an abundance of those omega-6s from all these vegetable oils. So cutting that out as well, including those healthy fats. And then uh, adequate protein, I would say, along with, uh, you know, getting um, your nutrition up is, I like to say just a simple way to go about it is around 40 grams of protein per three to four meals a day. And so if you're having, you know, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you get 40 grams per meal, you're right around like 120 grams of protein a day. Uh, you don't have to obsess about it, but getting some quality protein, you know, not just eating a ton of, you know, uh, lentils all day, every day, but getting some grass-fed beef, pasture-raised chicken, some eggs. Those are great options for protein, much more bioavailable than the, the plant-based options, but that doesn't disregard plants. Get your botanicals in too. But those are some foundations I'd say right there. I'll add one more thing, actually. Just movement. Just move your freaking body. You don't have to lift weights all the time and obsess about the gym. Like, that's why I'm big on just lifting weights three days a week. Sometimes it's even two days a week. And I just love to move. I love to juggle. I love to uh, just go on walks, do some yoga movements, uh, 
you know, I love Ido Portal. His stuff has been nice. amazing, huge inspiration for me with the movement culture stuff. I just love kind of geeking out as a monkey on the ground. But just just move consistently, you know, 10,000 steps, 8,000 steps, whatever. Just move your body. Walk after meals. That's going to be super helpful for testosterone too. So there's a little boatload mm-hmm. of stuff. Yes, thank you. You did mention a little boatload I just said. So it's like a little and then a boatload. That's What is that called? An oxymoron, yes. right? There you you go. mentioned something that I I feel a lot of people care about. Is there a relationship between testosterone and penis size? I don't actually know. Um, maybe. Uh, I would imagine that there is a correlation, maybe not a causation. I mean, because if your testosterone's higher, I mean, I'm really big on the sexual kung fu work. So if you're like, don't use it, you don't, you lose it. Montauk Chia based stuff. Uh, that's helped me over the past couple of years and really has, uh, I'd say increase the size, just working that and perhaps testosterone along with that. But I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I feel that <laughs> testosterone levels personally, I've noticed that the higher my testosterone levels are, the more full I feel both in a flaccid state and in an erect state. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know what the science is behind that, but definitely in a flaccid state, more full if there's more testosterone floating around my body. I think it relates to the cardiovascular health. If your testosterone is elevated to a healthy level, your heart's going to be healthier, your blood flow is going to be healthier, so therefore downstairs will be healthier mm-hmm. and longer. <laughs> yeah. I want to get into something else that you mentioned earlier, which was TRT. And so could you get into, because I know that there's men, do you work with men? Do you have programs for, for men's work? And, and do you, could you, why don't we just speak a little bit on, on what you offer for men and, and how you work with them? Mm-hmm. Many of you know that I used to own gyms in downtown LA for about 10 years. So I've seen people on their health and wellness journeys for many years at a time. And by far the biggest impact that I've seen any of them make has been on the ULT lifestyle. This program allows one's bodies to be functional in that it nourishes the cells, it helps facilitate the detoxification of the garbage that gets built up, and it also has the components for your body to rebuild itself. I've seen my clients make more change in six to seven months than they did in six to seven years working out in my high intensity functional fitness gyms. Check out the description of this show for $120 off your first month. So I have two different programs I prioritize. I primarily do one-on-ones, um, and this is where you see the bulk of changes in your life when it comes to you know, really that personalized whole-body approach. I like to say mindset, gut, and muscles. So I, I prioritize a lot of mindset strategies, like everything related to your routines and rituals, uh, defining your purpose, working through your core values. And then I also throw in the gut, and that's nutrition. That's a huge figure in the program I work with clients on. Um, optimizing supplementation is timing of foods, what to eat, when, um, and then muscle, you know, this is related to the fitness and that's typically more on the back burner. Most of the stuff I prioritize is related to nutrition and mindset strategies. Um, and that's what I primarily work with, with clients on 12 week programs, sometimes longer. And then I also have group coaching dynamics, which is awesome. I just started doing that this year. Um, have 20 guys in the group coaching program from around the world. It's so epic. Uh, there's a ton of things that's involved, like, you know, unlimited access in the group, uh, throughout the 12 weeks. And so the chat group, you get weekly calls, you get a whole course build out. I've I put out there that has 
uh, 12 weeks of over seven hours of content on there. You know, you got uh, tons of nutrition, um, checklists, you got everything and beyond in that program, which is all your fingertips for a lifetime access, which is cool. And so that group dynamic is really fun because that helps men foster a community, a sense of, you know, brotherhood, which is awesome. Um, and so that's what I'm working on every three to four months is launching that, uh, group coaching dynamic. And then the one-on-ones are year round right now. So that's where that I'm sounds at right amazing. That. that sounds fun. It sounds, it sounds to me like sports, like that, that camaraderie. Yes. Right. And I feel like yeah, man. a lot of men are missing that. And it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. So what I was going to say is I'm sure people are coming with questions about supplementation and even pharmaceutical or performance enhancing type supplementation, what are some of the risks and side effects from either natural supplementation or, or the chemical supplementation that you find yourself speaking to them about? Mm. Biggest risks is overloading the liver. And I've been, I've done this in the past. And obviously if your liver is having issues, that's all sorts of mess ups in the body. And so, um, being very considerate of, herbs because I don't think you should be taking a certain herb all the time year round. Like even in traditional Chinese medicine, like there's a tonification of that. And if we overdo that, that's going to cause a tremendous amount of issues with our organ health. Yeah. It may help our testosterone, but is that really worth sacrificing your liver? The only organ in your body that processes toxins and keeps you pretty much running. So I always say, consider that. Um, and then, you know, other risks, I would say, you know, it's just when it comes to obsessing about it, just a mindset thing. Like, oh, I got to have this supplement today in order to feel good. And it's like, no, actually, that you'll probably be fine taking a week off that or even a month. Like, so I've been in that mentality myself. So making sure people understand, like, in some of these guys I'm working with, like, this is not the cure-all. This will help you with stress in different ways. But, like, what's really going to help you is focus on the macros. Don't jump over the dollars to get pennies. Pennies are the supplements. That's why they're called supplements. You supplement them to your diet and your lifestyle. So... I like to hone in on that. Um, you know, benefits overall is I like, I'm just huge on minerals, man. That's been my major focal point lately is just how do minerals really affect everything in the body? I'm just a huge fan of like keys, like magnesium. Uh, you know, we were talking about sex hormone binding globulin. There's a lot of studies on boron, like 10 milligrams of boron a day can decrease, uh, sex hormone binding globulin by a significant amount. So that's awesome. So, you know, boron, magnesium, zinc, selenium, how do all these, play a role in our body and then you can go and do electrolytes just basic salt like just salt like what does that do for us well it allows us to actually shuttle the water into our cells you know there's a lot of people i see there going to the gyms and whatnot they're carrying around these gallon jugs it's so excited like you're almost there down to the bottom and they're checking it off they're so stoked they're drinking all this water and i'm just thinking like has that person even had a half teaspoon of salt today you know that's that's not that much salt but have they had that right and if you aren't getting that mineral-rich salt like Celtic or Redmond Real Salt or some other Hawaiian salts or something like that, you're not going to be absorbing the water. It's just pretty much useless. It's taxing the kidneys because you're just like drinking it out the you know, next sphincter, out the next sphincter, and just out of your body. So, um, yeah, I'd say minerals, supplementation, there's just so many things I can get into with supplements. It's a diverse realm, but those are some things that come to mind right now. And so do you make similar recommendation with food? Do you cycle on and off food? Is, is you know, mm. if you're just eating, you, you, you talked about the herbs and the danger if you're taking the herb for a long period of time. Is it the same thing with food? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, even recently I got my blood work back. I'm a huge beef guy. I love grass-fed beef. 
I've been eating too much though because my B12 and iron were elevated, and that's so unique. No, not that many people have B12 and iron elevated. I know for a fact it was from eating liver, like an ounce of liver three four days a week. You know, eating some raw frozen liver, stacking that with beef two to three pounds a week. That's just too much. You know, even though I'm working out and stuff, my body doesn't need that. So that's a check in for me. You know, I'm not perfect with this stuff. I'm always learning through this, um, but it was a good reminder for me. Like, hey, cycle. It's summertime. Sorry, eat more and more of those light foods, right? Um, so I'm cutting back on beef, going to incorporate more light foods, like a little bit more sardines and uh, maybe chicken. I don't eat chicken all too often, but, you know, just continue the eggs and stuff. But, yeah, cycling and seasonal eating is badass. I love that whole – just that whole realm of nutrition because it's a little bit more esoteric and not that many dietitians or nutritionists talk about that stuff. Um, and I think it's something that's been in the origins of health for – 4,000, 5,000 years in Ayurveda, they talk about it and traditional Chinese medicine, the power of seasonal eating or cyclical eating, right? Um, so like for summertime, what is local, what's available to you at your fingertips? It's not going to be uh, a ton of the hearty grounding foods all the time. So go a little bit off the animal-based foods and maybe go into more of the plant-based eating during the summer. And then, you know, during wintertime, do the opposite, eat more of those grounding foods that are available, like a ton, maybe more beans, uh, Maybe more bone broths and soups and warming foods. Uh, maybe more spices, you know, like turmeric or ginger. Those are way more uh, warming, you know. And so that's uh, that's definitely something I take advantage of quite often intuitively is, you know, a lot more of this seasonal eating approach. Is Ayurveda something that you've been familiar with for a long time? When did you start getting into Ayurveda and other traditions like that or philosophies like that? Yeah, it's been several years I've delved into it. I haven't studied it rigorously, but I have looked into it enough to be like, okay, I know the synopsis of most of this stuff and the practicalities around it. So, you know, Ayurveda is just cool because it's from ancient India around the same time period as the emergence of traditional Chinese medicine, which is actually a little bit older. Um, but they overlap in so many of their philosophies around health. And uh, I believe Ayurveda is it, just a breakdown means the study of life or... I think that's what it means. Is that uh, what it, do you know of that? Is that right? I th it might be the balance of life, but I, I'm not sure. <laughs> just like, There's something, like something that. along those lines. I think if you actually break down the origins of the word Ayurveda, it's like the study of life or whatever. And that's really what it is. It's like a health system on how to go about life and optimizing your health. And, um, you know, they have the three doshas. That's basically the groundwork of it, where you have pitta, vata, and kapha. Um, and pitta is more of that fiery energy. I tend to hold a lot of that. It's a little bit more of the go, go, go kind of mesomorph person. Vata is a little bit more of the ectomorphs. They're lighter framed people, people that you tend to see in their, you know, a little bit more skinnier. Uh, they tend to have a little bit more digest digestive discomforts. Um, they're attracted to more carbohydrates and things like that. Less oily, more dry. And then kaphas are the bigger bone guys, like the guys you'd see at CrossFit. They're just naturally attracted to CrossFit. It fits really well for them because they're just bigger, brawnier guys. Like you were big in CrossFit back then. I'm sure a lot of the guys you were around, like stockier dudes, right? They're a little bit more, quote, unquote, oilier. Uh, that's what they say, at least in Ayurveda, is oily. But, yeah, it's one of those things. It's so interesting because the doshas, you know, a lot of this stuff was pre-science, you know. And it's like, whoa, this is stuff that's actually being studied today to be completely correct. Mm -hmm. And this is before we had all this crazy technology. And that's, that's the real technology is the ancient stuff that isn't based on microscopes, you know. Right. And it just seems more, it's, it's in line with nature. You don't even necessarily need to find a study to just think about it and think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. 
not necessarily saying that that's the guidance you should always take is like your own personal opinion of what, whether it makes sense or not, but it does make sense. And Western science is now very superficially starting to validate a lot of these Eastern traditions across the board. Did they say something about like the universe is not singular or something like that recently? Like six months ago, it came out with a paper and everyone's like, whoa. It's so laughable. It's like, uh. (laughs) It is like, duh. (laughs) Um, So speaking back to the people that you, that you're helping, could you share like, like a story, some, like a transformation from one of the men? Like how do they register success in your programs? Hmm. Yeah, I go back to one of my clients quite a bit. It was really awesome working with him. And he ended up getting off Adderall in our time together. And that was a huge breakthrough for him because he's been on it for years. Um, And he still had these residual effects. He's working through right now. I'm working with him. And uh, where basically the synapses of his brain and all, he just feels like he can't hold attention. You know, dopamine was all uh, sort of, you know, messed up in a way, I guess is lack of a better term when it comes to taking something like that long term. So having breakthroughs with clients where they end up getting off medications or pharmaceuticals and then leaning towards more of these natural healing modalities is so awesome because we're not, we're not uh, deficient in these pills and medications. We're deficient in, you know, friendship, good relationships or sunshine or, you know, a certain nutrients. Like we're, we're never deficient in something that is not made by nature. And so, seeing some of these clients work through some of these things and just continually progress, keeping that sharp mindset on it is such an awesome thing to experience and see them grow through. And I just love building. Cause this is more than, yeah, I'm a coach, whatever you can call me, whatever label you want to call it, like therapist coach. I like just being a true genuine friend to these guys. Like, cause I want to meet these guys at a retreat someday or host a retreat, have them come visit. Like I want to feel that brotherhood. You know, it's more than this hierarchy of like, I'm above you and I'm helping you get up here. It's like, no, I'm on the same playing field and I love seeing your growth and you're helping me. It's a symbiosis. So um, those are a couple examples right there. Is there ever a good time to take TRT? Good age? Sure. Good time. Is there, is that, is that cause, cause you're saying the, the disadvantages of it. So I just want to get the balanced perspective from like, is there a positive to injecting yourself with oh, some yeah. of these substances? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say, you know, I always recommend make that the last resort. I think a lot of go, a lot of guys just immediately make that the first resort because it's still a Band-Aid in many ways. It's not like you're fully addressing the root of why your testosterone is low in the first place. So if you're opting for an injection or a pill or whatever, it's masking what is truly the underlying cause of the, the issue. So, um, yeah, I say, you know, it just depends. I mean, if you're getting to an older age and you're like, okay, I got 20 years left and you're just in that nihilistic mindset, great, go for it. Like, that's totally fine if you want to be uh, putting that in your body and feel that vitality while you're, you know, you have a certain amount of time on this planet with your kids. And if you're consistent with it, great, that's that's fine. Like, But the main problem I see with the industry is a lot of these TRT clinics is are, they're like loading up these dudes on high doses of it and they're saying, come back in a month. Like high doses, come back in a month. And then they're just noticing all this cattywampus nature of their hormones and they're feeling like irritable or just things are coming up. The best way to go about it is I believe every week you do like a smaller dose or every three days or four days. It's kind of like that light little pinprick of it. So you're just constantly keeping it kind of like instead of just going like, here we are. And then your body's like, you know, trying to figure shit out. So that's why um, there's strategies to it from what I'm aware of with a lot of these doctors. They can make it a better process for them too. But 
Absolutely. There's definitely applications for it. It's funny that you said that because it's, it's crazy when you actually start looking medical at medical procedures and how much of it is designed to convenience the doctors, right? If they have to poke somebody four times in a month, that's just more work. Oh for yeah. Them, right. It's just like four, it's three more appointments times, however many patients they have and it, and it adds up. So they're like, let's just do it once a month. It'll be easier for us. Same thing with like childbirth and speeding that process along by intervening in a ver- variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. It is a sick process. It's sick care, man. I mean, it goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend who is on some sort of testosterone therapy and I just, just seen him. And he, he's like, it's life changing. You know, this thing changed my life. And he talks about how before he was just laying on the couch and now he's like able to, to work and his figure is like, he's gotten chiseled essentially. Um, mm. And he's, he's got more energy. And then I look at the rest of his life and he's still drinking a lot, still eating, whatever, high stress job, low sleep, wanting to work out every single day, even though his body's saying, Hey, I'm tired. And I, and I actually, in this experience a few weeks ago, gained an appreciation for Western medicine. And I'm a little bit confused about it because I see Western medicine helping somebody like this who doesn't want to help himself naturally. Like there, there's this like no consciousness and maybe it's to Western medicine's fault that the mass market of people are trained to take a pill as opposed to look into natural medicines, but also people have a choice to be naive and to go to the doctors and a little like the little like being anti Western medicine versus like more natural. Like I, 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 I went a little bit over to like maybe Western medicine is an answer if you're a government that needs to manage hundreds of thousands or hundreds of millions of people in a country. And this is just what people want. People want TV shows, they want candy, and they want their injections and pills to make them feel better when everything sort of when the shit hits the fan. And so it is interesting. It is an interesting phenomenon. I can relate with this, especially in my, uh, this is what inspired me a lot through health and wellness is I saw the devastating acts of Western medicine on my, uh, immediate family, like my little sister, Nina. Well, I saw the gracefulness of it first. She wouldn't be alive if she didn't have a heart transplant back in March of 2014. She was in the hospital for four months. Her heart was failing. She wouldn't be here today being able to walk around, you know, do her activities, go to work. If it weren't for that heart transplant, that is like so beautiful life-changing right and the problem arises when we're making these things that are like broken bones and like if i get injured i want to go to the hospital if i my my leg gets amputated from a car wreck like take me to the hospital i'm going to get that shit patched up right away like i'm going to bleed out if i don't but where we're taking it to the next level is with these pill popping like handing out adderall to kids that are seven years old saying they have hyperactivity when really they just need more love from their parents like that's sick, you know, and that's the stuff I see. I'm just like, oh, that bothers me a lot. And, you know, my little sister, when she was getting out of the hospital, she's being fed things from the hospital. I'm like 16, 17. Like, why is she being fed cornbread and like canned green beans and shit that I wouldn't even feed my dog or cat? Like, that is ridiculous, right? 
And so I'm like waking up at this at a very young, ripe age. And that's what got me into all this at a very young age, too, is like just seeing kind of like the opening veil of like the Matrix. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Or when I had like a, I was constipated for seven days at, when I was like 16. And I was freaking out by like day three. I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. Went to the hospital, saw a doctor. He was like, oh, it looks like you're deficient in some uh, laxatives. We'll give you some laxatives. <laughs> deficient you know? in laxatives. And so, I sh- yeah, I just had horrible, like, anxiety and, like, I'd, like just kind of depressive thoughts during that day or two of taking it. I just stopped taking it after that because it didn't help. Um, and then I ended up delving into, like, okay, researching acupuncture, uh, colon hydrotherapy, just having this woman literally shove this hydro thing up my butt at 16 and just like talking to me going through this and it's like it's like an enema uh, an administered enema from her and she's like so how's it feel i'm like great it's like i'm like 16 having this water pumped on my butt so little things like that like oh man they actually worked they got to the more of the root of why i was you know constipated which was high amount of stress and eating the wrong foods and so my whole point in bringing that up is there's never a quick fix for anything and i think our society is so delved into that quick fix world and there is applications to Western medicine, but also the root of healing is this Eastern philosophies we talked about with Ayurveda yeah. and Chinese medicine. Like that's, that's really what healing is, right? Yeah, you mentioned sick care as well. And when you have a medical industry that profits off people being sick, then it doesn't take a genius to start to realize that maybe they're creating sickness as well so that they have more patients and more profits. Mm-hmm, exactly the money bags so what's the what's the dream in your progression through this thing that we call life like where are you at in the future what like let's let's even say like is there a vision for a christian 10 years 20 years from now and and how does what you're doing now support that Mm, yes so i'm creating the groundwork of my future right now which is awesome and one of my favorite things to do is literally just have conversations like this on podcasts and so my big vision is to eventually in the next year or two launch a podcast once I weed out some other avenues I'm working on right now and expand connecting with like-minded individuals across the planet that are so well-versed in their craft, whether it's something related to, we were just speaking on these different avenues of Chinese medicine, maybe interview like a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, talk to him about some amazing uh, modalities they can include or they include in their helping their, um, you know, uh, patients and whatnot. So my whole idea is just like, I really love what I was born with and I want to utilize that as best as possible, which is my throat and my chakra, just using that speaking. I just love to speak and I love to create um, and co-create with others. And so big vision is to host a podcast, travel the world. Uh, eventually I have big, you know, things when it comes to um, TED talks and just speaking on stage, helping people along those lines working through some of those uh, things right now when it comes to going to uh, just about every week. I'm going to a Toastmasters, oh, nice. so getting a little uncomfortable doing that, so that would be fun. Uh, but, you know, I'm comfortable behind camera, but I find there's going to be this part of me that's like once you're on stage, there's a different energy that emerges. And I know you've done quite a bit of this, Raw, but uh, it's an interesting phenomenon that, you know, it, it triggers something. But you work through that. You learn. You grow. You know, you get under the uncomfortable nature of it. So that's some big visions for me, man, and I just want to continually – uh, expand my purpose and I just love energizing and empower people to live more adventurous, more connected to nature, uh, and just goofy. Like I just have such a playful energy within me. And as you alluded to in the beginning of this podcast, and I just want to share that with people. I feel like I'm always going to hold on to this childlike energy and 
I think a lot of people are getting sucked into this very serious tonality. You know, everywhere you go, it's like everyone's so serious and structured. It's like, no, just play around, have fun, get loose. Like, you can still accomplish things and be light. So those are some big visions for me right now uh, that come into play. That's amazing. And it is super fun watching you. (laughs) Super fun. And I'm so happy for your growth. (laughs) Do you have anything else to add to anybody, like, on this subject of testosterone? We covered a lot. Mm. It was super dense. Yeah. Yeah, I would, you know, I would just say going back to what I said in the beginning, you know, the, some of the things that can help you out, just crack the code on sleep. Get that circadian clock right. I think a lot of us are behind windows all the time, blocking UVB. And, like, you know, for some reason we villainize UVB as, like, this toxic thing that causes us to burn. Like, if you ever go on long road trips and you're behind the sun, you never burn. And it's because you're blocking a specific wavelength of the sun, which is healing. It's not fear-ridden. And so um, I think that's, like, the number one thing is just connect back to the sun and the circadian did clock. You, like, did you mean behind be the window when you said you were going on vacation? Yes, that's what I okay. meant. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. said behind the sun. So when you're behind the window, no. the window blocks <laughs> yeah. out UVB. Behind the window. Yeah, I believe it's UVB, a little bit of UVA, and some other wavelengths that are beneficial to us that we've, I mean, we've right. never had glass until, what, 200 years ago? Like, I've so, tried to explain to people um, that glass breaks light, and people are like, no, that's impossible because, because my what? plants grow inside yeah. behind glass. And it's like, you can very easily see if you, if you look at a piece of glass from outside with the sun's hitting it, there's a significant portion of the light that bounces back out, and you can see it. You get blinded yeah. when you're walking down that the street, means that you know, yeah. All of yeah. that light that's bouncing out is not going through the glass, which means that there's broken light coming through the glass, which you could put the two together and realize that that's probably inharmonious. That we're not designed, like you said, glass is a relatively new thing. We're not designed to be receiving that type of light, which I categorize that as fast food light. It's broken light. It's essentially just, you know, for seeing, but there's other things that are mm-hmm. like, there's the infrared. There's a lot of other spectrum of light that's missing in that. Well, I'll even add when you pointed out something interesting, I think on a post you had a while back, uh, the screens, like the fly screens, even that causes an issue with light penetrating through, right? Those little tiny holes like that will interfere with the light spectrum coming through, you know, it's blocking some forms of it. So yeah, I'd say just direct. That's the key word, direct sunlight, right? In your eyes, you know, just prioritize that circadian clock. That's going to be, I'd say that's the number one takeaway from all the crazy hacks. There's these fields that permeate the universe. They're called morphic fields. And one of the, and they transcend time and space. So they... Is that where Morpheus <laughs> comes from? Morpheus? I'm going to go with probably on that. So, so they, they can see into the future of these fields like when they're looking at a star they can actually see the signature of the star going um to the point where it currently is right because light takes hundreds or thousands of years to come to us so they see it there but they also can see where its projected future is by measuring these fields and the thing that block and for me that's important because and they also happen so that means that they're 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 collapsing space so they're they're able to somehow travel at a greater than speed of light um speed to get to you so you're able to see them as time is happening currently and into the future the thing that stops them are pvc plastic 
and aluminum. And so those screens are made of plastic. If you think about like the cheapest homes that are made, if you were like trailer homes, like it's covered in aluminum and people are not getting the the codes. They're not getting the full light, light spectrum of the entire universe when they're sitting in these these boxes of plastic mm. and aluminum. And then that goes also to like what our clothes are made out of as well with the polyester and the connection, the the heart-to-heart connection that we have with other humans and with reality itself. And is the plastic in our clothes disrupting the aura, disrupting our our heart field beyond Mm. the fact that it's just bad to, you know, have those hormone-disrupting plastics on our skin? That is fascinating. Yeah, that's one thing. It's like you have this abstract mind raw that many people don't understand that level of like just thinking. It seems very simple to me. And I think it's one of those things that just happening at that consciousness level of just that's it's basic, but it's not. It's like simple, but it's complex to a lot of people like what wearing polyester blocks my heart <laughs> center. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know, but that's, that's a good takeaway. It does right sound there. crazy like to a lot of people. It's. It's so yeah. not crazy, though. But <laughs> I get it, because I, yeah. I, I remember thinking that people like me were crazy. Like, and, it's, and it's funny when I think back, because I'm like, gosh, I remember I would look at myself like I was a lunatic. In many different aspects of my life, like, I used to think that the person that breaks up fights was, like, the biggest pussy on the planet, and I hated that person. But, like, that's kind of, like, where I would sort of position myself nowadays is like there's no reason to argue we can cooperate and it's like man i used to hate the person Mm -hmm. that i am currently existing as (laughs) (laughs) i'm the same way man i think that's where we grow the most is like we see the parts of ourselves in the past and we you know transmute that into a different you know personality or just how we think of the world like yeah i have a lot of parts of myself where i was just like the ultra playful goofy guy class clown and no one thought of me as intellectual and i eventually was like fuck this shit i don't want to be looked at as just a goofy guy who doesn't know anything uh you know and everyone just uses me as a uh, we have a bulletproof vest and everyone's just shooting at my way these mean jokes and i would just play it off and laugh with them but it actually hurt me you know growing up and then i got to the point where it's like i'm actually going to work on myself work on what i want to do and not go to all these parties and drink and distract myself i'm going to focus on my thing and just huddle in and <laughs> now look who's laughing. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. Aside, so but. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I'm just going to read Christian's bio. It says men's lifestyle coach, nature driven living. And he's got another Instagram page, live, live inner fit. And then he's achieve your healthiest mm-hmm. lifestyle, boost energy, eat natural, move primal, DM natty to get my free guide. For some reason, I just felt like reading that because... It just encompasses who you are. I just wanted to plug that for you. I appreciate it. All right, it, everybody. Amazing time, Christian. Thanks for being here today, learning from Christian. Hopefully you can take something he said and integrate it into your life. Maybe just short-term, maybe long-term. Who knows? It's up to you. Next week, we've got Lucas Own, who's knowledgeable about a lot of things, especially when it comes to testosterone. So I'm excited for everybody to absorb some of his energy subscribe, drop a review, help others find the show so they can learn just like you have. Enjoy your time and space, everybody.